Welcome to the Mindful Divine Podcast with your host, Shayna Bianchi. As a certified Reiki energy worker, a hypnosis therapist, author, and motivational speaker, I like to consider myself a mindful healer. I designed this podcast to give you a method to manifesting in order to transform your life and welcome the things you not only want, but deserve. Whether you're into alternative wellness or simply want to learn to be more mindful in your daily routine, I will equip you with tools, practices, and spiritual wisdom to align with your dream life. I'm here to remind you that there is more light within and the power to beginning your inner journey starts right now. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Mindful Divine. I am your host, Shana Bianchi, and today we have a really awesome show for you because it is all about you, your higher self, your intuition, and how you can learn to tap in and turn on literally anytime, anywhere. I'm recording this episode on the Leo full moon. I'm feeling so zened out and centered and happy. I just meditated. So hopefully you can feel that through my mic and into your device. So this blissful little state that I'm in can transcend into your spirit. Uh, and I quickly want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to the show, for posting about it on social, reviewing it on iTunes, if you're liking it. Pause the episode right now, super quick, leave a review, tell me what you think. It means so much to me and, and so much to other listeners, really, to receive your feedback and input. So without further ado, let's dig into today's episode. So we're always being guided to live in our life's alignment. Many of us just don't know when or how to listen to the signs from our intuition, angels, or our spirit guides. Everyone has had that gut reaction, right? And through this podcast, you'll learn how to listen to it instead of ignoring those little butterflies or that inkling to, you know, avoid that person or that business deal. And science actually shows that there's retinal tissue in the location of your third eye that has neurotransmitters, the same connective receptors that speak to your brain. Yes, the same way that your eyes show visual cues. So, we literally have a third eye. It's not just a woo-woo expression, save for yogis and meditation gurus. And by accessing your pineal gland, you're working with your third eye, and you can unlock your inner consciousness and your intuition. You'll be shown ways to let life in and feel supported in every aspect of your life while having your deepest desires manifested. It's your birthright to live a fulfilling and abundant life. You're listening to these words in this moment, right here, right now, for a reason. Learn how to trust and celebrate the little moments of your guided life by tuning in and tapping into source. You will discover your cosmic self and never feel alone again. If you turn inwards, you'll discover, if you haven't already, that you possess a powerful guidance system that has been within you all along. We're blessed with an intuitive guidance system, and the more that we learn to listen to it and use it, the more confident and tactful we will become at reassuring ourselves throughout the journey of this life, right? We're always being guided. 
But the more friends and clients and family members that I talk to, the more that I realize that people don't always know how to listen to that intuition. According to Deepak Chopra, intuition is an intelligence beyond your rational mind. And your rational mind or conscious mind is often led by the ego. So it's important to separate yourself from your ego in order to listen to the signs. In short, intuition is the way the subconscious mind communicates with the conscious mind. The information that informs that feeling is real. It's like any other decision, but the workings of it, the collection, the storage, the putting together of it, those all happen outside of our conscious mind. Like I personally receive signs from a ton of different places. You likely do too. You probably just aren't looking for them. I resonate with signs from the universe, and sometimes I call this source or God, and you can call it Buddha or Jesus or literally whatever resonates with you as your higher power. The denomination does not matter. I also get info and downloads from my spirit guides, guardian angels, and archangels, which you all also have too, by the way. And last but not least, I also always lean on my personal intuition for information and intel on what to do and how to do it, which is really what we'll be talking about mostly today. It's kind of like having this invisible force of spiritual guidance and these gurus that are always on your side kind of helping and facilitating you in every aspect of your life. We'll talk more about spirit guides and angels in future episodes, but they do lend a bit of a hand in your invisible intuition, so we'll touch on them just a little bit today. And certainly you've had that intuitive gut reaction, right? You've heard that little voice in your head telling you to do something or not to do something. But ask yourself this, how often do you lean in and listen to that intuitive feeling? Welcome to Method to Manifesting 101, a guided segment providing you with specific tools and spiritual hacks to put mindfulness and manifestation into practice. Thankfully, we all come equipped with an intuition. Many of us may already have a strong connection with it, while some of us may be unaware that we have within us this higher wisdom that is always on our side. Intuition is the whisper of the soul, which is a quote that I love. And oftentimes the messages that you receive will be a whisper. It might be quiet or omnipresent. It could be meaningful or full of intel, but sometimes it might not be a whisper. It might be a yell or a cry or a repetitive sign that you keep seeing, a health issue that keeps coming up. It's important to recognize the different ways that your messages come in. Everyone receives and understands signs differently, so unlocking your intuitive code can be a super fun process. Taking the steps and efforts to cultivate a more intimate relationship with our inner guidance and wisdom is a journey of self-exploration and empowerment. You hone into and really learn to honor the signs from your emotional body. You'll investigate potential underlying stories and triggers of physical ailments. You can truly start to marvel at this magical coincidence that keeps happening or coming up in your life. Um, you'll be able to really make time to clear that mental chatter to deeply listen to your inner desires, and you'll be able to bring healing and love to some unprocessed wounds. By honoring the process of deepening our relationship with our intuition, we can really start to lean into that journey towards living a rich and meaningful and connected life. 
So Elise Parker, founder of the Alignment Accelerator, had some really cool step-by-step guidances that I would love to share with you today in this Method to Manifesting segment. And in it, I'll outline six ways to listen to your intuition, plus a few action items that I recommend to uh, really help you start incorporating these practices into your daily routines. And then once you do, your inner magic and potential will truly start to expand. Okay, so let's dig right in. Number one, trust your gut. We all know the sensation when something really doesn't feel right, when our circumstances are just flat out wrong. And it's really common to feel a strong urge or that twisting feeling in our gut. It's often most obvious, if not the first telltale sign, that our intuition is tugging at the sleeve of our attention. It's, um, you know, if something doesn't feel good or right or it just feels a little off, maybe your gut's telling you it's time for a change. So it's important to always pay attention to your gut. When the neurotransmitters or the chemical messengers in your gut fire up, you may be feeling either butterflies or those queasy sensations. So pay attention to those. It is no accident that we use the term intuition and gut feeling interchangeably because science has shown us that our gut has a brain of its own. It's kind of like our second brain. In fact, our gut has an entire network of neurotransmitters called the entric nervous system. Be honest with yourself and acknowledge those unsettled feelings. They are there to guide and support you. Listen to them. Follow the hunches until your situation feels right again. Trust your emotional compass. How you feel is your greatest indicator of whether your choices are in alignment with your intuitive wisdom or not. So mindful action of the day, try this with little things at first. See if making a left or a right turn when you're driving feels different in your stomach. If you're immediately pulled to turn right instead of left on the drive home, listen. The more that you prime your mind to listening to your initial gut reactions, the easier it will be to listen to bigger decisions uh, when you're faced with those at other times. Number two, follow energy shifts. I love this one. One way to measure whether you've acted in accordance with your intrinsic knowledge or not is to tune into your energy levels. So chances are you've experienced the feeling of having a weight lifted from your shoulders immediately after making a long-awaited decision. Maybe you sensed a return of joy or energy, charisma, physical stamina that you felt kind of like severed from for some time, and how you feel around a coworker or or a customer or client. Do you feel drained? Do you feel energized? Using your intuition to read people can make you a more effective leader or negotiator or just a better family member, really. I mean, if these shifts are present, Rejoice in knowing that you've acted from a place of alignment with your higher true self. So see if any weight kind of feels lifted and the energy feels lifted. So mindful action. Next time you're faced with a decision, see if the weight of it feels heavy or light on your shoulders. It's a quick indicator of an energy read in a room or in a situation. Number three, tune into your body. Is a reoccurring situation in your life triggering a tight feeling in your chest? Maybe there's a circumstance that sparks some like sinking chronic stomach aches or, you know, you have sweaty palms. If your reality isn't paralleled to your innermost longings, your intuition will use your physical body as a medium to bring your attention to what desperately wants to be seen. 
Many of us have tendency to ignore our internal guidance system and kind of repress these messages. But if you repress them, they will develop into more severe symptoms, anything from anxiety to depression, fatigue, migraines, nausea, any other physical ailments and dis-ease. What are you experiencing in your body? What is your body trying to communicate to you? What, if any, repressed messages, urges, and needs are kind of underlying there and, and giving you any physical discomfort that you're experiencing in your life? Open yourself to positive, curious inquiry with knowing that you intuitively hold the knowledge to be your own healer of your own body in order to transform your life. Okay, so mindful action. What consistent ailments keep coming up in your body? Think about why they may be affecting you and try reading the book Heal Your Body by Louise Hay. In it, you'll find it, like all of these different ailments, lists of ailments, and then the connection to personal or professional blockages. And then the book also provides you with mantras for you to say daily to kind of eradicate any of these physical symptoms that you're having. So anytime I am feeling a physical sensation, I literally look it up in the book and then I kind of start to dig in and understand why I'm holding on to that issue or why that physical pain or sensation is coming up in my leg or in my stomach or in my shoulder, whatever it may be. And then I say the mantra multiple times a day. Number four, pay attention to the synchronicities. The universe will frequently gift us with signs of assurance, things like seeing 11-11 daily or always seeing lucky pennies. They're all signs to kind of start to tap into. Even as we dream, manifest, and shoot off these little rockets of desires through our thoughts and beliefs, the universe supports us in turn by sending us back the you know different circumstances and people, opportunities and situations, and those will really bring out our advancements in life. So be present in your day-to-day -day activities so you can really see the meaningful patterns and coincidences when they occur. These signs can be messages from your higher self that you're on the right path. I also personally think these signs can be messages from your guardian angels or from archangels or spirit guides kind of helping to nudge you on the right path, forcing you to listen to something being said or showing you the way if something kind of moves from left to right, maybe you should be looking that direction. Um, so really kind of start to pay attention to those little coincidences and synchronicities. So the mindful action that I'll give you Next time you see a reoccurring sign, say out loud, what would you like to show me? And then focus on the next immediate statement that comes into your mind as an answer. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze. Just the first thing that comes to mind and see if that's just a quick little message for you to tap into. Okay, moving right along. Number five, get quiet. In our world of constant chatter and content bombardment, there are multiple forces grabbing for our attention. And I know for myself even, it can become really challenging to tap into that voice or that sensation. When we're up against making a decision, it's really important to create that room for clarity. So when you allow your mind to rest, the mud of all of your crazy, busy, multiple thoughts will start to settle and your mind will become this open, clear channel for your thoughts and emotions to flow through, which is why obviously meditation is so important. So 
step away from your current situation. Bring yourself into a state of mind and location where you can kind of decompress and find some quiet, even if it's just for a few minutes, even if you're just stepping away from, you know, the kids to do the laundry or if you're just driving to go grab something from the store. Let yourself find those small little moments of quiet and dissolve any sense of pressure by really just focusing on deep, elongated breaths. In this spaciousness, we can dissolve the clutter of our fears and insecurities, doubts, and uncertainty to kind of really hear that deep, confident, clear knowing of our inner wisdom and our higher self. In this expansiveness, you really, you know, you have the ability to listen and and to understand what your higher self is trying to tell you, even if you're not pressed to make like a difficult choice or decision in your life, making it a regular practice to quiet the mind is a great approach to deepening your connection with your intuition. Make that space to get quiet. I'll just like meditate for a few minutes. I'll I'll kind of just see what the first few things are that come to mind. Often they're just short little messages from my intuition. Sometimes they're my spirit guides kind of telling me what to do or that everything is going to be all right. Um, and if that seems too hard at first, just try to free write. Journal in a quiet room with some relaxing music playing and write quickly without much thought to the words, just the first things that kind of come to mind. And you'll often receive a ton of clarity from this practice as well. So with that, um, try some mindful action today. Try to free write. Meditate uh, while you journal for literally just five minutes. Try that today. And if if it goes well and if you like it, try it just for five minutes before bed. Do some free writing. It's a really great exercise to kind of just really calm and quiet the mind. Number six, do your shadow work. This one's tougher. Roy Bennett says, you will never be able to follow your own inner voice until you clear up the doubts in your mind. So in order for us to experience a clear, uninterrupted dialogue with our intuition, we must be clear, in touch with ourself and really heal the parts of ourselves that we'd rather pretend didn't exist. So the shadow is a term coined by psychologist Carl Jung. And it refers to our deepest wounds, the wounds from our past or anything really from our present that have us believing that we are flawed, unlovable, undeserving people. P.S. Here's a secret. You do not need to live by those narratives. You can remove the blockages by clearing the shadows. Think of it like a mental spring cleaning. Shadow work can really support you in embracing all aspects of yourself. This experience of self-acceptance is essential for you to love and trust yourself more, which puts you more in touch with your intuition. So by communicating with the aspects of ourselves that we attempt to kind of reject and to hide, we're able to heighten our awareness of their habitual patterns and thoughts. It's almost like you just have to recognize them, accept them, so you can clear those shadows and kind of move on. So in regards to tapping into our intuitive powers, this awareness will allow us to skillfully decipher between limiting beliefs and judgments and criticisms from the internal guide that's kind of edging us towards appropriate discernment and caution. So as we venture down the path of healing our shadow self and our past wounds, we can really realize that our history may be projecting onto our present moment. And we don't need to do that, right? Like by looking into your shadow work, you will heighten your ability to decipher between pain, habitual thinking, and between our inner wisdom really illuminating our path. So the mindful action that I task you with, try allocating one hour a week to cleansing shadow work. Again, 
this one's trickier. It's definitely tougher. It's something that I've really, you know, kind of grappled with and sat with, especially over the last few years, especially over the last six months, my goodness. But it is so important. And I just want you to remember that you possess all the reassurance, encouragement, and answers to all of your questions. Like, you have all of this power and all of this wisdom within you. All you need to do is look inside. It's important to look to various stories and ancient rituals of years past. This is a segment called Ancient Ancestors and will help us learn from cultures, myths, and those who came before us. The medicine wheel or sacred hoop is a Native American approach to energy and intuitive healing that can be used to resolve post-traumatic stress, anxiety, grief, and a myriad of health issues. It can also be used to call upon your higher power to make decisions for healing and conflict within and outside of the body. The medicine wheel way of healing reconnects you to your intuition, to nature, to your ancestors, and to the infinite circle of life. It guides you to walk your sacred path in balance with love and really in your heart. So what exactly is the medicine wheel? Well, the Iroquois Native American culture thinks that everything has a spirit, a voice, a meaning, and a power. They call this orenda, and it's the basis of energy. When we use this energy properly and live a life in balance, we can cultivate a good mind. The Shift Network says that the medicine wheel is an ancient symbol of the sacred hoop of life, or the circle of life, in Native American culture. It's been used for thousands of years, and different nations have different ways of interpreting the medicine wheels, the colors, specific uses, and meanings. The Lakota, the Cree nations, you know, they've researched and used the medicine wheel in therapy for PTSD, for trauma release, stress management, problem solving, conflict resolution, um, and obviously into like various consulting and and healing modalities. And there's some basics of the medicine wheel that are the same across the cultures and then others that are different. So how you use that medicine wheel can be highly personal too. So like in Chinese medicine, Native American medicine and culture look to our Mother Earth for guidance, which I love. So observing patterns, shapes, rhythms, circles, and all of life's natural patterns are really part of how they're guided and how we can start to be guided as well. Circles are super important in Native American culture, and they're how we all can kind of connect to nature and life. So when we see everything as a circle, we can appreciate that the cycle of life has no beginning and no end. Within nature and the human body, we can see many circles represented, like cells, bones, the systems of circulation, blood, lymph. Even our DNA consists of circular spiral patterns, you know, think the double helix. So let's dig into the seven directions of the medicine wheel and how to kind of really read and navigate through it. So seven is also a sacred number in Native American culture. Within the medicine wheel are the following seven directions. Although there are seven in total, obviously the four main ones are north, south, east, west, and each come with various totems, focuses, and elements and herbs. So different tribes have slightly different wheels, but I'm gonna focus on the one that is most commonly used today. 
to use the medicine wheel, I recommend that you say in your head or out loud whatever you need help with or guidance on. Uh, it can be informal or formal question. You can write it down. You can say a little prayer or you can just riff. There's really no right or wrong way. I mean, I'd say something like, I call forth and open the gates of the east, of air, of the rising sun, of the springtime. I call forth your protection and guidance and intuitive support, and I ask for your guardianship of my journey and current questions. All hail and give thanks to the direction of the east. Another way can be to have a little altar or offering plate for that direction in your room, or you can make your own circle with rocks in your backyard to meditate in or kind of sit in and face that direction asking for support or literally you can just sit and face the direction wherever you are doing whatever you're doing you can write or you can sit very calmly to kind of just like meditate and ask for assistance so on to the directions themselves like you imagine the wheel like a circle and it is split into four quadrants so you have the east. So the east is often where we enter a circle and kind of begin our journey. So it represents the mental body, the childhood, and the spring season. So think about spring as becoming aware of a new creation when ideas show up within your consciousness. It's when something seems to come from nothing or light comes from darkness. It's where we create our vision. So if you're feeling empty or kind of depleted, you can look to the east to bring awareness and, and some fulfillment. And if you're stressed, you can also look to the east to kind of heal from trauma. Um, the east is great for any like PTSD, any healing of trauma or wounds. So this is really where we seek purification, healing, and renewal in the east. The south represents the emotional body. So more like adolescence and the summer season. It's where we work out our emotions and our relationships with others. So we experiment with people and ideas and experiences. And it's really the time, you know, to, to take our vision and test it out. So, you know, going on a vision quest would be great to test our values and and really kind of our identity to understand what works for us versus what others teach us. So as we look to the South, we can move from confusion into wisdom. It's also a place where we learn patience and commitment, moving from feeling like we have to have a result right here, right now, um, you know, into being willing to put the time and the work in for those results. So if you need guidance on relationships, any issues with families or friends, professional, coworkers, the South is really where you should be looking um, and kind of like meditating and praying towards for support. The West represents the physical body, adulthood, and the fall season. So this is where our ideas are coming into physical form and we can see them in action. It's a time where we recognize that we have to show up and do the work and create the results that we want in our lives. And we can begin to kind of understand and honor that we are physical beings on a really important journey. It's time to kind of right the ship, to get unstuck, to shake things off and to move forward in our lives. So this often includes letting go of limiting beliefs and holding true to our values. We learn that it's important to kind of 
honor and take care of ourselves because we now know the difference between self-care and being selfish. Uh, if we're willing to kind of respect ourselves and others, we also bring humility and and wisdom of maturity, which really is the goal of this direction. So if you need guidance on finding the right course of action in life or a circumstance, you know, kind of cleansing that shadow work that we talked about earlier, let the West help you remove the past to outline your future, either immediate or long term. The North represents the spiritual body, the elder and the winter season. So the North is the true source of all things creator or enda, that great spirit energy. And in this direction, we understand the process of change and recognize that we find our place in the world by seeing things through to their completion. So we work on caring versus apathy, we realize that we can't receive care and love from others until we care and love for ourselves. So in this direction, we often find clarity and very deep inner wisdom. So we no longer fear not having the answers because we trust being led. So this one is amazing for tapping into your intuition and your higher self and obviously the higher power. So if you need any help with uh, you know, tapping into that or with self-care or caring for others, really look to the north for guidance. So aside from the four main directions, um, there's three others, down, up, and center that are also very important. So the downward direction represents Mother Earth and our connection to her, the divine Mother Earth, along with our connection to the soil. So we learn that our Mother, the Earth, is always there supporting us, right? We're always able to stand on her. In this direction, we realize that we have the opportunity for growth as we feel our connection to Mother Earth. So we're always, always safe. So if you're not feeling supported or heard or helped in your journey, really look down to the earth for grounding guidance as you meditate. The next direction is up. So this upward direction represents Father Sky and your higher self. So looking in this direction, you recognize that you are part of that circle of life, that intersection of eternity. It's very Lion King, look to the stars. So this is where you can learn to become who you are and give yourself permission to to really be in this place and tap into your higher self. So this is another great one for intuition. If you want to connect to your higher self, look up and ask daily for support to really kind of awaken your third eye and awaken your, your inner spirit to tap in. And the last direction is center. So the center of the circle is you. When you realize that you are really the, the center point of this control system of this wheel, right? You can shed everything that others have ever told you. You can stop looking to other people to tell you what to do. And you can start to listen to your own body and your own wisdom. So you focus on being who you are with authenticity. This is a great one for really kind of stepping into yourself and into your authenticity. So feeling yourself in the center of the circle can be tremendously transformational because you can look to all other directions and honor all emotions without 
really fearing any negative emotions. So this is where you can find meaning on your own journey. Even if you're in a phase of your life that seems super difficult or you feel like you're at the beginning of a journey, find that inner strength here if you're kind of looking to hone in on that strength and trust that your well-being is in your own hands. So similar to up, looking within to your center, it'll also help you connect with your intuition. Um, so if you have an actual wheel that you've like, you know, set out in a circle in your garden, stand in the center of it. If not, if you're just in your room or, you know, in your living room or wherever you are, just put both of your hands on your heart as you close your eyes and really focus on your center, which will remind you of your strength if you're feeling weak. This is something that I do a lot too. It's, it's actually pretty powerful to put both of your hands on your heart as you breathe with your eyes closed. I'll do this if I'm feeling stressed or sometimes before bed or if I'm meditating outside and it really kind of makes me feel like this strong kind of warrior. The medicine wheel is represented in a circle to remind us of this beautiful continuous cycle. So we're taught that this is the circle that our ancestors walked in the Native American tribes and in the cultures. And in this circle, we can carry our ancestors and all of the strength and you can carry your ancestors and all of the strength of your ancestors within. We all have the same ancestors, right? We're all connected. So we all carry this beautiful collective of these lessons and of the dreams and of Mother Earth and Father Sky. And it reminds us that we're never alone. It reminds us that we can call on our ancestors for guidance because they've walked the circle for thousands of years before us. So this deep history is super grounding. It can provide such amazing support and guidance through any trauma, any chaos, anything that's going on. I think this is so amazing, especially for where we are right now in our you know, emotional and political climates um, to really just kind of ground down and center and remember that we are all connected. So um, I'll be sure to link a photo of the wheel in the episode notes and I'll be sharing information on Instagram for guidance and, and different coursework on this too if you're more interested and like kind of want to get some more insight on the wheel itself. Welcome to Mindful and Metaphysical, a segment where we will delve into a wild theory, concept, scientific breakthrough, or idea that will help you see the world and our reality through a different lens. Interestingly enough, science shows that there's retinal tissue in the location of your third eye that has neurotransmitters, the same connective receptors that speak to your brain the same exact ways that your eyes show visual cues. So we literally have a third eye. It's not just a woo-woo expression. And by accessing your pineal gland and working with your third eye, you can unlock your inner consciousness and intuition. You'll be shown ways to let life in and really feel supported in every single aspect of your life while having your deepest desires manifested. Researchers at Leeds University analyzed a hefty pile of research papers on intuition, and they concluded that intuition is a very real psychological process where the brain uses past experiences and cues from the self and the environment to make a decision. The decision happens so quickly that it doesn't even register on a conscious level. Intuition exists in all of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, and the more that we can learn about it, the more we can use it to shape our lives for the better. Basically, 
The human brain has two operating systems. The first is quick, instinctual, and effortless. This is where our intuition lies. Intuition works by drawing on patterns collected by our experiences, and then we have to make a quick decision about whether something is real, fake, feels good, or bad, or right, or wrong. When we need to make those decisions, we draw on these patterns. It all happens offline, if you will, outside of our conscious awareness. The second operating system is slower to respond. It's more analytical, it's more deliberate, it's, it's very conscious. Science has found real evidence to support the existence of intuition. There was a wonderful study performed which showed how the intuitive part of our brain knows the right answer long before the more analytical part does. So in this study, participants played a card game which, unknown to the participants, was rigged from the beginning. So these participants had to choose from one of two decks of cards. One was rigged to provide big wins and then big losses. The other, small gains, but hardly any losses. So the participants reported that after 50 cards, they had a hunch about which deck was safer. After 80, they were able to explain the difference between the two decks. But here's where it gets interesting. After only 10 cards, the sweat glands on the palms of their hands opened whenever they took from the dangerous deck. It was then the participants started to prefer the safer deck, but there was no conscious awareness that this was happening, right? So before the analytical part of their brain knew what was going on, the subject's intuition guided them towards a better decision. It's pretty cool, right? I also want to share insight from a great Forbes article that I read where Dr. Judith Orloff, she's an MD, assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at UCLA and author of Guide to Intuitive Health and the Empath's Survival Guide, has a private practice where she works with women execs who come to her to develop their intuition. So they sort of see it as a superpower to use in all decisions at work and then guide us for how to be good leaders and organizers. So according to Dr. Orloff, scientists believe intuition operates through the entire right side of our brain, the brain's hippocampus, and through our gut. The digestive system has neurons as well, as we learned earlier. So this is where it gets kind of interesting for us ladies. So um, the women's corpus callosum, the connective white matter that kind of connects the left brain with the right brain and those two hemispheres together is actually thicker than in men. So it's more substantial brain superhighway, right? Really, it's like it gives us women this better and faster ability to access each hemisphere. So it further integrates our emotions and our gut feelings with the more logical left hemisphere into our decision-making process. I mean, basically, women's brains have superpowers and are actually optimized for rapid intuitive decision-making. No offense to the boys out there, but certainly they have intuitions and, and certainly strong ones at that, but they might just have to work on thickening their corpus callosum to connect their hemispheres and bring more intuitive guidance. So power to the ladies on this one. Okay, it's time for a soulful send-off. Each week, this will either be a soul card that is drawn for us as a group collective, a beautiful poem, or a scripture to inspire your day. This week, I drew a soul card to present a send-off message for us. 
If you're new to this show, I'll explain how it works. In my mind, I ask my guides to show a message that we as a collective really need to hear right now, today. So when I do these, I lay all of the cards out in the shape of a rainbow on the floor and I close my eyes and I move my hands over the cards and usually one of my fingers gets hot or gets tingly or feels a kind of burning sensation and that's the one that I pull while my eyes are still closed. So today we pulled the card Worry. The card says, I am learning that worry doesn't change an outcome. As I delve into the Soul's Journey cards by James Brown Pog, it goes on to explain that worry is a wasted emotion. It does nothing other than give you the illusion of control. When you expend too much energy worrying, it limits you and has an adverse effect on the natural energy of the soul. Worrying destroys the hope, faith, and excitement that are wonderful elements of this schoolroom called Earth. So remember that you are what you think and that you have the power to create positive thoughts which beget positive outcomes. Worry is a negative emotion and sets you up for a negative result. What unnecessary worries are you carrying around with you now? Examine them objectively in the light of love. Help your soul by releasing them and be fully connected to the current moment, which is where your power resides. Go ahead and do that I am here now meditation as often as you need to, especially right now with so much going on. This one is so important. I think this card is also a really great message for me. I'm always prone to worrying and kind of leaning into my anxiety. So I'm going to hold this card very, very, very close today. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And with that, we conclude another episode of Mindful Divine. For more information, you can check out my website, mindfuldivine.com, where you'll also find insight on therapy sessions, workshops, courses, digital events, and so much more. Plus, right now, for a limited time, you can still get your free ebook to unlock your purpose. You'll find that at mindfuldivine.com forward slash online dash courses. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mindful Divine, where I'll be, um, you know, adding exclusive behind the scenes content on the show and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this episode in the podcast app, the iTunes store, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay mindful and divine. Bye.